The Queen's Jewish Link presents the Jewish Living Podcast, the show that examines the many facets of Orthodox Jewish life. Here's your host, Izzo Zwerin. When I was in high school, it seemed like every year there would be a new production from Ellie Gerstner. Hebra, Menucha, Yeshiva Boys Choir, Yassis Orchestra, and a bunch of others put out by EG Productions. Ellie Gerstner was known for being able to push boundaries of Jewish music while still being able to keep its soul intact. And as time has gone on, Ellie has constantly reinvented himself from singer to composer to producer and is now producing some of the biggest Jewish concerts every year. And that's why we invited him on this week. Hi, my name is Ellie Gerstner. And uh, I'm a musician. Ellie will walk us through his history and present and discuss where he thinks the future of Jewish music is headed. Oh, and we tried something new this week. Over on YouTube, you can watch the video version of this interview. Let us know what you think, and if this is something you'd want to see more of in the future. All right, Ellie, thank you so much for joining me this week. Really privileged to have you on the show. I'm glad we can make this happen. Uh, Before we get into, you know, the music, uh, let's get a little bit of a background on you. How did you determine that you were a musician? How did you come... To being, I I I I've realized that very few people can make their entire living in Jewish music. I know you're one of them. Uh, how did how did this all start? Okay, so um, I, I've been playing. I've been I've been into music, uh, loving music since I was a little kid, and um, started uh, just uh, you know like a typical kid playing just drums on the on the table and just annoying everybody. And uh, there was a piano in the house, and my grandmother was a piano teacher, and she try to teach me piano this wasn't working um and she was the best uh, but uh, just just wasn't kicking in but she saw that but i realized i had an ear for it and i would she would think i'm reading it but i wasn't reading it i was just like uh, ha- just bobby tell me how to uh, just show me that one again and she would play it I'm like oh yeah i see those letters sure and i just would be able to copy what she did you know but in reality i wasn't reading anything um, but I, I, I start slowly, slowly started uh, realizing that um, that music is just it is just was a part of me. Um, but I guess really things started kicking in when I wrote my first song. I mean, I was playing drums semi-professionally when I was a teenager in high school, playing for the Yeshiva band, for playing for camp bands and all that stuff. But um, but writing my first song um, when my great grandfather passed away, the night that he passed away. Um, I still really don't, I can't really explain it why it happened or whatever it was. I was laying in my bed crying, you know, I was right close to him and I was in an out of town yeshiva. Um, and I just started, I, I don't know why I started humming a melody. And, um, after I finished humming that melody, I remember, uh, just running out to all my friends in the dorm. Like, did, did you ever, do you know this song? And I started singing the song and the guy's like, no, I'm like, are you sure? Yeah. The next guy, do you know this song? I'm singing this song to like, like a madman. And each person would just say to me, I'm sorry. I don't know. I didn't know. I don't, I don't know the song. I'm like, I think I just wrote a song. <laughs> um, That's a weird realization. It's crazy. It, it was really a crazy moment. I was so excited. I just couldn't believe what just happened. And um, it was like a gift for my great, great, my great grandfather. It was like a crazy thing. And, Baruch Hashem, 2,000 songs later, um, we're, um, like you said, we're making a living, Baruch Hashem. That, that's Baruch amazing. Hashem. Do, do we know that song? Is that the song that, that has been released? We don't know. A- actually, no. 
it's it's interesting. It's 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 a very nice song. It's just uh, when when I'm picking songs, like I said, I've written again Rachman over two thousand songs, and I've released three hundred of them. So it's like just breaking the ten percent, you know. Uh, and it's just uh, just every album needs a certain type of style and certain thing. And just and I and I keep thinking about okay, one day I'm gonna put that out. I have to put that out, you know. It'll it'll be released one day. It is it is it's a beautiful song, but um, yeah. Are there are there are there lyrics to it? Did you put words to it? I, yeah, I, I ended up putting lyrics to it because his name was Yaakov, so I put some had with Yaakov in it. But it, you know, it, the melody I think was better than what the words were afterwards. But you know, th- th- probably a few, at least a few weeks later. I mean, all I was doing is just constantly singing that song in my head. And one night by night, there it must have been a few weeks later. Um, I, again, just like a realization. I'm like, one second. I wrote one. I could probably write a second one, you know. <laughs> um, and I remember running to the dorm, and I wrote one of the dumbest songs I ever wrote, you know. But like, I remember sitting on the keyboard <laughs> and like, oh, okay. And I started finding words, and I, I wrote a song, and um, I, I actually just sang it to my kids. I, I, I never sang it to anybody. My, my kids just asked me. My my boys are like, like you know, what you know, the first song we know, but. Like, what was the second one? And I said the story where I just told you and I started singing the song like it's really they're like, yeah, yeah, really not so, <laughs> not, not so great. Um, but that started me going like every day. I just started writing song every day throughout the rest of high school and into mm-hmm. Aristotle and just I just kept writing. I just was so excited that I was able to do it and people, my friends were enjoying it and I didn't think that it'll be something that people will hear it, but I just kept writing, 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 writing. It was just like uh, an amazing uh, feeling that I was able to do it. So I just kept doing it. So I'm estimating based on what I know about you. I'm, I think I, we're talking early 90s at this point, right? Yeah, that All was, right. yeah, yeah. Not, not to give away age. You guys can do math on your own. Um, no, I'm okay with uh, my, <laughs> uh, it was in 1995. I was probably 15 or so. All right, mid, mid, yeah. mid 90s. So who is, who's a young Ellie Gerstner listening to at this time, at this age? Who are your early influences? And I'm uh, also going to ask you, just so you know, who are you listening to now? Like, okay. is there, are, are there influences now? So, so yeah, back then I listened to everything. My parents bought every, that's right, little, let's like all any kid, the kids are listening to this uh, podcast, you know, they should just know there was such a thing as buying music at a certain <laughs> time. Um, and at that time, my, my, my father bought everything, anything that came out that was Jewish, he bought it and, um, and I devoured it. I, I loved everything, loved every type of music and every style of music particularly, you know, Miami and Freed and those, those, those happened to be the Miami and Freed happened to have touched me very, very much. Like I just really enjoyed it, enjoyed the style of music and enjoyed the uh, singing, but I, but everybody, I, I loved everything and every, everything about Jewish music. Now, now you're, you obviously grew up a Yerachmiel Begun fan. When you come out with Yeshiva Boys Choir, is there, is there a, is there a conversation? Is there something that goes on there between you and Yerachmiel? So, um, it happens to be that we were, we were, um, I mean, he's, he's, you know, he happens to be older, older than my father. I mean, we're like, we're really not, like people would look at us more like peers, but we're really not peers. I have just the most utmost respect for him and being in the business as long as he has. And, um, and again, like I said, just being totally moved by his music um, growing up. Um, we met in shul a few times, you know, uh, if, you know, when I first started, he, I, I sang at a few of his concerts. When I first started, I started off as a singer officially, um, and I opened a few Miami shows. You know, so we had I had a relationship with him, um, 
and then I uh, I put out the chevra, um, and then by the time I put out Yeshiva Boys Choir, it was right after the chevra was successful. Um, I remember going over to him and saying something like, uh, "I remember I met him at like a vart or something," and I and I said, "You know, um, I, I'm I'm working on a new uh, Boys Choir album." You know, he's like, "Listen." You know, he's like, and he was saying in a joking way, he's like, you, you stick to groups, you know, and I'll do choir, you know, whatever. And I'm like, you know, and it was, it was, it was just, you know, obviously it's jokes and it's, it's, it's been, it's been, it's been great. And just a couple of years ago, I, I did the Hass concert, I produced the Hass concert and I, I honored him. And uh, it was one of the best moments that I've ever produced, you know, picking all my favorite Begun songs and having him perform it on stage and and getting the cover that he deserved, you know. Right, uh, and the amount of the amount of, of Jewish music stars that have come out of the Miami Boys Choir in subsequent years is just insane. I'm not sure if Yeshiva has that yet. I'm not sure if the kids are old enough at this nope. point, um, but it, it definitely is a stepping stone. And I'm I'm assuming at some point we'll we'll see a solo a solo artist come out of Yeshiva. Um, I I wanted to get to a little bit back to to when you first started. Um, so you first started as a solo artist. I'm assuming you're singing mostly, if not entirely, your own songs, um, which at the time was not necessarily the case. What, uh, first of all, um, is, that, is that correct? And second of all, what made you transition out of the solo artist into more of the composer, producer, person who uh, puts different things together? And, I'm, and we're going to, I have a list of all the things that I think that you're involved in. I'm probably going to miss them out. So what, what made you transition from, from one to the other? So um, I never, I never really consider myself a singer. Um, I, and I still don't. Uh, I'm, I became a composer, you know, like I, now that I started writing songs, I, so I, it's all started really, I was, I was in Israel uh, learning uh, and uh, I, I wanted to make demos of my songs that I wrote. Um, my second Seder Chavrusa, who till today I feel is a brother of mine, his name is Elio Delinsky, lives there, still lives in Eretz So they paired me up with him. I guess they, specifically wanted us not to learn because he was a musician and I was a musician. They put, paired us up together for Second Seder. And obviously there was just a lot of talking about music. Um, and I remember uh, seeing him, I tell him, I wrote, I wrote songs. He's like, oh, you have to you know, sing me. I'm like, ah, I don't really let people, people don't really hear my music. And uh, he pushed me to sing him a couple. And I did. And he's like, Ellie, come to my house. I'm not to starve. I have a keyboard and we can make a demo. And we did. And I, in his, like, in his little bedroom, we made like four or five demos of my songs and he had some connections and he sent it out to all the singers. Um, and uh, I was like, okay, wow, maybe, I can't believe someone likes my song. That's awesome. That's great. You know, uh, let's, I hope someone will buy my album so then maybe I could play drums at, you know, their next concert. Like there was no, that was like my, my, my peak, you know, like, okay, I'm going to get into something else. And Maybe I'll get to play drums at a few weddings. You know, that was like my thing. Uh, we got back a few of this from the singers that we sent it. There were there was a lot of um, interest, um, and then we got a call from a producer. I I, I don't necessarily say it because it didn't work out at the end, but anyway, he's not in the business anymore. But he he was a successful producer at the time, and uh, and again, I was such a huge fan of Jewish music. Um, I remember getting a call in the dining room of, you know, in, in Israel, you know, and someone says, oh, so-and-so is on the phone. And I'm like, it's a prank. You know, this guy's not calling for me, you know. No, no, he's on the phone. I'm telling you, I get on the phone with him and I'm literally like thinking this guy, you know, I never heard how he spoke. He's, he's a producer. I didn't really know his voice. And I'm like, yeah, okay, right, you know. And he said, listen, don't sell your songs. He says, you have a style. 
I want you to, when you come back to the States, I'm going to get the funding for you. We're going to do, we're, we'll have a solo album. And I said, no, 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 I'm not a singer. The most I do is like, it comes with my friends, you know, like I done for the umbit every once in a while. I'm not, I'm not a singer. No, you have a different style. You have a different thing. We want you to sing it. I, I'm, I'm telling you, we can make this happen. I, I'm, I just, I was, I'm so uncomfortable in front of an audience. That's why, you know, I always joke, you know, but it's true. Like once I got onto stage with Clever and YBC, my back was to the audience. I'm like, you know, that's, that's what you get to see. You know, <laughs> don't, you know, don't, don't do this. You know, I'm not, uh, it takes a lot of, uh, it's such a, it's such an amazing gift for a singer to be able, there are some singers that are, incredible part of their gift and I tell it to them is that they have such it's confidence but also just a certain like they're able to get up on stage and own the stage and feel totally comfortable it takes me the first second at least song you know to get the audience into it to for me to even start feeling semi-comfortable you know and even then I'm still not myself you know whereas some people just really really just own it and that's a talent in itself um and I just never felt that way. So I, you know, behind the drum set, you know, maybe behind a piano, maybe conducting an orchestra, maybe behind stage for sure. Um, but uh, so that's how it started. And I ended up signing with another producer, Yoki Briskman, who's of Shwaki fame and of all these other fame. And we did our first album together. He allowed me to compose four songs on that album. <laughs> I was unknown and he wasn't sure if people are going to accept the way I write, you know, and uh, I wrote four songs on my own first album. Uh, he didn't let me arrange the album either. He, we hired, we saw Lamb, um, who did an amazing job. And for those out there who don't know, like these are like titans of Jewish music. Like, yeah, we talk about Yoki Brisbane and Israel Lamb. These are, these are like the, the people who like, when I was a kid, these were on every names on every album. That's correct. That's correct. These are the elite of the elite, top of the top. And I was just so like pinching myself every minute that I was in the studio and, and being with, I, I learned so much from these guys, you know, it was incredible. Um, and uh, yeah. And then that, that's on my first album and I was doing the whole singer thing, weddings, concerts. Like that was my thing. I was a single guy running around and no problem, no time, no responsibilities. Like it was right. just great. It was a great life. Um, and then eventually after doing, uh, as I was working on my second album, I was just getting married. And I'm like, this is not the life that I want to be out there touring and doing that thing. And as I was working on my Yasa's second solo album, I was also working on this idea, this concept of a group, you know, at the time, boy bands were really big, you know, and I was like, Oh, I'm so glad you used the word. Cause I was, I wasn't sure if I was going to be allowed to call it a boy band. I'm not, <laughs> I, I'm, this is, I actually, I, I went to Adelphia and in Adelphia, I, I say this story all the time also about, you know, for your audience, you know, um, in Adelphia, I, I'm the biggest, I love Jewish music so much. And the guys in my class weren't necessarily the biggest fans of Jewish music. And I just did not, it didn't make any sense to me. Like, what do you mean? Listen to this song. It's so gorgeous. Doesn't it touch your heart? Like, what's this? Weren't getting it. And I, and I, it, I remember sitting with a guy that loved guitar, and I'm like, and he was talking about all these different metal bands and this and that. Oh, this guitar, that guitar. And I said, come, listen. I put on a Pimenta album, and I'm like, listen to the solo. Listen to the soul that he's putting into the solo. Yeah, okay, maybe whatever. And I started realizing that it's not about Jewish music that they didn't like. They didn't like the arrangements. They didn't like maybe the trumpets. They didn't like the 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 dressing on the song, and um, and, and that's when I, when I realized that I said, okay, one day if I ever have this chus, 
I want to put out an album where the songs are going to be Jewish songs from my heart, putting out nice melodies, but I'll just dress it in a way that maybe it would relate to them, would relate to the people that don't necessarily like Jewish music. Um, and then maybe I can get them, once I get started with them, they can start listening to other, other, Jewish, other Jewish songs. So originally the cover was more of like a cure of tool. Um, I put my name on the bottom of the cover, like in such small font, you know, I was afraid I was going to ruin my uh, $300 a night, you know, singing career, um, you know, uh, so I put my name really small. Um, and then the cover came out and, you know, did what it did and uh, with you, hey, and all those songs on it. And that's it. Really, that's what catapulted the, the rest of my career. So I, I, I'm going to list off what I think I have as a, as, as a list of the things that you do. Um, tell me what I, aside from your solo artist, um, you have the Chevra, you have Menucha, you have Yeshua Voice Choir, Technoi, Yossis Orchestra, Michal Schnitzler and David Stein, Benny Catone and Hask. I miss, who am I missing? I'm sure I'm missing people. Um, I mean, whatever. I mean, those are things that I that you produce. Other, yeah, you know, yeah. Michal Schnitzler. Um, I just was able to produce one song with him on. Ah, my, okay. Uh, I would love to produce him. He's, he's such a fun. He was so so much fun um, singing, uh, interpreting my songs the way he did. Um, but um, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm 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 sure I'm sure I'm sure there's more. But here, here's my point that, that that while that a lot of them are distinctly Ellie Gerstner sounds, but they're not all the same sound. Right, the Chevra is distinct from Menucha for sure. Those are two two groups that had four four guys in it each, but the songs are are different. The sound is different. Um, Technoi was a, was a very a vastly different thing. And as you mentioned, your roommate um, uh, was into heavy metal. I, I couldn't help but like thinking your song Kelmestate. That that song has a heavy metal influence in it. And around your songs, there's there's so many different styles of music that that come into play and it all takes me to um how you were mentioned in uh in the most updated version of of the band uh, sorry not of, of yeah of we've got the music on ab rottenberg's new album and it said the the line about you is ellie gerstner innovates and that's that's basically it because you were never afraid to kind of push the envelope as to what jewish music could be um with all your your different styles my question for you on this is What's next? Like, where's the next frontier that Jewish music could hit? We already have our first reggae singer. We have our first rapper. What is what is another area that maybe you or you could see somewhere someone else in Jewish music hitting? So, I, I mean, it, you know, the idea is that we, there's no there's no reason why Jewish music needs to be behind. I know people have this conversation. I have it less now than I had it when I was younger. When I was younger, you know, people were. I remember having a debate with somebody. Um, I remember going to a uh, bar mitzvah and uh, I was a guest there and they asked me to sing just to, in the middle of the dance set, you know, can you coast, you know? And, you, and of course they asked me for yehey. So I got up there, I started doing yehey and the Rebbe of the kids jumped into the middle, told the kids off the dance floor, off the dance floor. And I'm looking around like, what, what happened? You know? And uh, the Rebbe says, it's Scottish music, it's Scottish music. Everybody off, everybody off. And uh, I, I, I finally finished, we went to another song. And after the dance that I went over to this Rebbe, who was probably my age, I was in my twenties, you know, young guy. And I went over to him and I said, why would you say it's a non-Jewish song? Like, you know, so I know for a fact, this song, not Jewish. I said, why would you, why do you think that's it? No, we were discussing it. I'm, it's not a Jewish song. I said, I wrote it, you know, <laughs> like, I was like, it's Jewish. I wrote it actually during, you know, Yeshiva, like, 
She says, seriously? I said, yeah. She says, I don't know. I don't. I, we got into the whole thing, and, and this has had this conversation has happened all the time about what Jewish music is. You know, I had a whole episode on what is Jewish music. Yeah, so everybody has a everybody has yeah. like their thing, you know, about what Jewish music is. And I think the the I think the bottom 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 line is Jewish music is what you feel afterwards. You know, like so if it happens to be you know a Jewish composer that wrote a non-Jewish song, you're not going to feel that, and that's not Jewish music. You don't have to be at, at the same time. You can take a non-Jewish song completely and write beautiful lyrics to it and whatever, or like all the old Hasidic marches that came from non-Jews, you still feel uplifted. It's all about what it makes you feel. And I think, or maybe the person that created that or recreated it had in mind when they when they did that. And I think that really connects to whoever it is. So um, I, I think really the answer to, to your question is that there's no reason why we should be behind. You know, if people, if there are certain people that appreciate today's music, as in the top 40 of 2022, then there should be Jewish music that comes out that is that style and whatever style that is. Um, that way there's music for everyone. And you, as you mentioned before, I, I, I put out Menucha a year after Hevra. And Menucha is just, was something that, because the Hevra was more, again, like I told you, it was more pop and it was more for teenagers and whatever it was. And, and I personally loved writing songs with a little bit more depth to it, you know, and 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 that's what I personally liked, and so I put out Manucho was more for myself, you know, of that more traditional Jewish music style. Yeah, it was know. kind of more in the style of, let's say, a Shalshelis or even exactly. a Vegas, like that that area. Right, right, right. If I should even be as lucky to touch what they were touching, and they were doing such amazing stuff, both Shalshelis and Vegas, um, and that's yeah, and that's exactly how I modeled that, and I and I and I did it for myself, you know, and it was not as successful as the Hevra, but yet it did what it did, Baruch Hashem. And, and uh, unfortunately, we had to shut it down. Uh, one of the one of the members of the group, Danny Burke, was passed away. Uh, yeah, he was the Bal Shachos in my shul and the Yom in the Ram. Oh yeah, it was, a, it was a major loss at that point. Yeah, major loss, major loss. And we just released the second album, and it was doing so well. And just we made a decision amongst ourselves that. We're just gonna we're just gonna put it down, you know, for for yeah. for for that. Anyway, but yeah, but that that's the thing. So what's next? What's next is as long as things are happening, we should continue putting out music. You know, that's Absolutely. that style that it's in. Yeah. Um, you mentioned earlier you like davening for the Ahmed sometimes. All right, I'm gonna ask you a question that I like asking a lot of people who who sing, who perform, who daven for the Ahmed. What is a, a, a niggin that you use for any part of davening that you don't really hear other people using. Like, like this is an Ellie Gerstner thing. Even if it's not your song, maybe you adapt somebody else's thing. Um, I, I, my go-to is always like, uh, like really old camp songs. Like that, that I, that they're just that somehow even my kids know, like I'll do the old Ani Maman from Perche. Like, you know, via, via, like everybody knows that. Just like right. grew up with it, and every kid could connect to it, but no one uses it for like kedusha. You know, so when I do that, I feel like everybody just comes along with me. I've done Altira from Echmeli Gun from the old Toronto Boys Choir. You know, Kila gorgeous song. I'll do that. I'm saying when I'm not doing my own, obviously that <laughs> if I'm being hired and they're asking me specifically to do my own songs, I'll do Aidcha or I'll do that. So it, it's funny when you're doing it, you obviously can't see it because you're diving for the Umbud, but I can imagine there being people that are enjoying it. I can imagine there are other being like cynical people out there like, of course he's doing his own songs. Right, right, right. <laughs> I, I really, 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 really push not to do my own songs. <laughs> um, you know, um, a lot of times they'll hire my 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 orchestra or my production to do a wedding or something and the client will say okay so the whole second dance we want you to do you know 
she voice choir and cover songs. And I always tell them, please, please, please listen. We'll, we'll throw in one or two, but like the wedding wants to be a regular wedding. Let's do a regular wedding. We'll throw in one or two of my songs just to sprinkle it in there, you know? Yeah, definitely. So I, I the other reason that I thought of interviewing you uh, now is because I was listening to another podcast, another Jewish podcast called Deep Meaningful Conversations. And they had on uh, Shane D. Plotzker. Um, and she mentioned you as somebody that she works with, is that is is that an area that you think Jewish music could head in? Maybe more um, women's music, obviously for women by women. Um, but is that is that something that you could see really exploding in the next couple of years? Uh, it's, I wouldn't say a couple of years. It's exploding it's already right here. Yeah. I, I I just produced a concert uh, this past Pesach. I did two shows. One night I did Shady Plasker, Deborah Schwartz, and a few others. Um, and the next night I did Yaakov Shweki and Shiva Boys Choir. And they basically did the same amount of seats, a few thousand seats for amphitheater. I produced both shows. Um, and that says so much about the, fe the female industry. And uh, I, I come from a family. I have seven sisters. I grew up with seven sisters. And a lot of them were very, very talented. Um, of course, my younger brother, Yaakov Mordechai, became a popular kid, you know, with Shiva Boys Choir and stuff like that. But my sisters were all, a lot of them were talented. And I wish there was an avenue for them at the time to do something with their talent, you know, and there wasn't. Um, it's like a Bisiako play or whatever they were you know, allowing in schools at that time. And, and now there's this huge, and, and it should be that, you know, if there's a talented person and doing it in a kosher way, meaning protecting Kalisha and making sure that it's only women in the audience, stuff like that. And what I noticed was at this particular concert that um, the amount of feedback that we got was, was a lot of Hasidim that came from like Monroe, a lot of people came from Lakewood. And they said they never felt that they were, they wished they could like get up and dance, you know, at a concert. And they, of course, don't. And they're just sitting there by a regular concert. And by an all-female show, when it's all women, like they can actually enjoy the concert in such, in such a amazing way, you know. Um, and I feel like that in a spiritual way, like in a, in a way that they connect to the Jewish music that they're, that they're, like what we do when we're at a concert, you know, at a regular concert, we're clapping and cheering and jumping up and down and, that's and singing and dancing singing part yeah. of it and dancing and we're allowed to do that and they're not and you know now we gave them now a, a way that they can come to a concert and enjoy it the way you know we always did and it was a tremendous thing so I, I have one more ellie gerstner specific question and then i have a couple of questions that i generally ask whenever i have a musician on um i want to talk about your relationship with uh with yussie newman now i went to camp kester back in the mid to late 90s and i remember you guys from there more him because i think he lasted there a little bit longer than you did um i remember you guys i remember yussi i think yussi was like a, a color war general when i was there um and i know you guys have a, a long and storied relationship um but i, I want to know what the the working relationship is between you how does it work in terms of how much control does he have over the choir how much how much input are you putting in as to what they're doing how does that kind of a relationship work when it's a different person who's composing and arranging and probably orchestrating where you have another person that's conducting the choir so um yeah so first of all yossi like you said i met him at Kim kesser um he's a few years older than me um but we battled it out at the grand sing uh, you know uh <laughs> In the, in the old gym in Livingston Manor. Right. I, I led one team. He led the other team. Um, and, uh, you know, we became, he was a keyboard player in camp and I was the drummer in camp. Um, and we became the best of friends. Like literally, the, you know, I loved his song. He, he's, a, he's an amazing composer, Yassi. An amazing composer. I mean, I get a lot of the credit, but, you know, he deserves a lot of credit. Um, and we, um, 
and he became and he's a and he was a rebbe right so anyway after camp um he right away became like a he was in Kolo for a while and he became a rebbe in cleveland um but my first album my first album my the two if i'm gonna call it hits you know even though whatever but the hits that came from that album was so called Asia's Chayel and Swang Ashrayam, and both were written by Yossi. Um, you know, and whereas uh, the four songs I wrote, I don't think anybody knows um, <laughs> on that album. I have that album somewhere. Yeah. I still have that one. So, um, I mean, Yossi, Yossi's incredible. And um, we, he kept writing for me and, you know, for my albums that I was doing. Um, and Yeshiva Voice Choir, when that started, was, uh, I was, that, my head was definitely to do a choir album, the Izzy Taubenfeld from Sameach Music. Uh, both him and the company um was um he 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 called me and he was like you know ellie we really gotta do this you know i'll i'll, I'll put the money behind it we gotta make it happen we gotta make a boys choir you know um and i was looking at different candidates different people i didn't think of yossi because yossi was in cleveland and i was in new york and how would that work um and then just total which is really the most uh it's i mean this is of course now you look back and say of course that's what happened but yassi called me i was i must i had already meetings with like at least four different candidates but like real like i met with a few people but four i was seriously seriously thinking of being the one to conduct the choir i knew that i wasn't going to do that i was too busy with a million different things and i knew that i was into the music and write the songs and all that stuff i definitely needed someone that would be a professional that could handle it that would understand the kids and be able to communicate. Um, and then as I was about to make that final decision, I had one person, and that guy knows who he is. You know, we have this conversation all the time. Um, Yassi called me and started asking me about like, you know, he, he has a bunch of, he's conducting choirs in the local schools in Cleveland. And he would love to put out like, just like a cheap, like is he's a woman band and he'll put like one band music like just cheaper music and have these local kids sing his songs you know whatever and he figured he'll do it like it won't be really for the, it'll be for the public but it wouldn't be let's say a hit or anything you're just doing it more for himself and for the kids you know and i'm like yassi i'm like this close you know signing someone like we should really just do this together like let's just do it like and that was really how that happened. I mean, we were so close, and like it's just so weird how that never, it never even uh, occurred to you. As never as occurred to me as an option. I was like, I remember saying to him, like, Yossi, don't do that. Like, don't do that. You have great songs. Like, don't put out something that's like a cheap little thing. Like, doesn't make any sense. Oh, one second, I'm doing my thing. Like, let's how it work. Cleveland, blah blah blah, whatever. And like, listen, it's probably not going to be successful. You know, it'll probably be like one of those things we'll do like once a year, you know, like for the parents. I'll fly out to Cleveland probably for that one show that we do and it'll be fine. We never, we dreamed for it to be a huge success, but we never actually felt realistically that it would be, it's especially because Miami was knocking it out of the park. It wasn't like they were like going downhill or anything. They were still on top of their game and, um, and uh, they were putting out hit after hit and it was amazing. So I just felt felt like okay it really wouldn't go anywhere like we just and um so uh we did we we, we combined forces and like you said i wrote songs yassi wrote uh, also for the album a few beautiful songs also um i did the, the arrangements and the, i had a lamb write a few uh, songs arrangements as, as well i did the choir all the choir arrangements all the harmonies and all that stuff and i would send it back then there wasn't a computer speed you know the computer but it couldn't like send like stuff files it wasn't like, like an instantaneous just send up oh, it was here very it very hard i was putting it onto an actual like digital tape and then i was like padding it 
and then sending it with FedEx, you know, <laughs> and then it would get there, let's say a day or two later. And then they, he would then put it, go into a studio in Cleveland and then record. And I would be on, on tape saying, okay, kids, this is what we're going to do. We're going to sing. And I, I would sing all the harmonies and then Yossi would make sure the kids learned it, you know, um, it was crazy. It's amazing. Crazy. We're, we're talking about like ancient times. It was 20 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't that long yeah. Ago. Pretty crazy. And then he'd finish and then he would send it back to me, you know, and uh, that was, it was a crazy process. And, um, uh, and since then, I mean, okay, in the last 20 years, it's amazing how time flies, but uh, our relationship is just, we're still the closest of friends where I just look at him as like literally like a brother of mine. And, um, and we just, he's just so busy now he's just the the number one woman band in the you know probably in the country can't get him for one night to do anything you know he's just uh so busy is he still a rebbe um no no the second and i'm a bad influence the moment <laughs> she voice choir really really took off um and we knew that we just we could not kick it in cleveland we needed to do uh move the choir to new york uh just because of the amount of bookings and stuff like that and we were like flying the kids in and bussing them in it was just crazy and the subsequent the subsequent choir wasn't necessarily from cleveland like maybe the first one was but then as it went along there were more i guess new york you have more you have, have a, a larger selection if you're yeah in new york ybc1 ybc2 were both um recorded in cleveland with the group cleveland kids and then we moved to new york and then we uh had more five towns and then we moved to brooklyn and then we moved to new jersey and now we're based in New Jersey. That's where Yossi lives. Um, I remember my brothers came home from school one day and said, did you voice cry? I was auditioning people. I said, did you try out? Yeah. Did you make it? Not a chance. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Well, you know, yeah, it <laughs> no, it's, it's fine. It's all, <laughs> okay. good. It's all okay. good. So um, yeah. So, uh, and, and that's really what, it, what, what it's all about. He's just, he's a super talented guy that, that is incredible the way he, he, the way he's with kids. It's an incredible thing where he can, have have their attention you know and 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 um they and they respect him at the same time best buds you know like right. they and, and so th and that's and that's an amazing uh combination and it's very unique and that's uh, one of yassi's uh, many gifts all right so whenever i have a musician on i ask three uh sort of rapid fire questions um so first thing do you enjoy performing at a concert or a simcha um which one more you know, if you asked me that question 10 years ago, um, I would say concert, hands down, um, just because I'm, you know, less work, you know, I would come in there, sing a song, uh, fine. But now that uh, I became a producer, um, so my concerts are just so, you know, uh, detailed, you know, and so many things that have, have to go on. Um, even, I just did a wedding um, two nights ago um not not singing but produced it and it was a beautiful wedding in lakewood and uh even with all the requests and all i'd still do a wedding hands down again <laughs> on the level that i do concerts and the level i do weddings it's just and i just love the you know okay we do some planning we come we do a wedding four or five hours we walk away Baruch Hashem, we kala. People are happy. You see it instantly. It's just like a, it's one of those things. Whereas concerts take months to plan, you know, and to, you know, whatever. Yeah. So that's that, leads, that leads right into my next question because right now you're producing. You're you're, you're the, the annual producer of the Hass concert, um, but and 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 in doing that, you you're working with 
some of the biggest names in Jewish music. For those who don't know, the Hass concert is like it's like the Oscars for Jewish music. It's like the biggest event. Um, if you were to sit down and and really collaborate with one artist that you're going to write a song for them, you're you're going to produce this song. You might uh, bring in some other people to to help you out. Who is that one artist that you want to work with that you would you would want to make that happen? Okay, so first let me just correct you. I produced the Hass concert for six years, and in that six years we did. 15 shows between different places and um which is really really incredible was it 15 i don't know i have to figure out exactly how many it was there were a bunch um and as of last year i did not produce the house concert i moved on to an organization called links and we did the heart concert um, okay yeah um well best of friends i know but you know everybody likes to you know why would you for me, it was just like as a creative person, same reason why I did Hevra to Menucha to Shiva Voice Choir to whatever it is. Like I had a contract for a few years. It's open. Everybody, talk, I talk about this all the time. So, you know, it's not a big deal. You know, we're talking about it, but um, it's just it's just a matter of being able to do different things. And, you know, so I might come back. I might not come back. But for right now, I'm with Lynx and we did the Heart Concert. It was a tremendous, tremendous thing for for um, Yisomim and it was uh, such a special night. So yeah, to answer your question though, um, I mean, every singer, I, 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 I keep hitting the people that I wanna work with. Like if people would look at the list of, of artists that I used for the last, for the six years of Hask, and then even now for the heart concert that we did last year, yes, there are the regulars, which are all amazing. The Freeze, the Shwekis, the, you know, but, I'll always put in there, like, again, like the tribute to Yachimel Begun. That's something that, you know, people have Miami Boys Choir at a concert, but to actually have Yachimel Begun get up there and sing the songs that he, you know, whatever. And that, that was, a, 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 you know, I, I brought on Baruch Chait, you know, Rabbi Baruch Chait, uh, who's Rosh Hashiva, so I'm actually saying Baruch. <laughs> Um, but the rabbis, that's the rabbi's sons for everybody out there. Most, right. I mean, he's done a lot of other things, but yeah, many, most, most famous for the rabbi's sons. Right. So Rabbi Barche, he uh, a composer, and, and and we we brought him on, and I love, I, I just love every second of it because like he he got up there, and I specifically like doing it with composers because I look at the audience, and sometimes I'll say I'll, I'll we'll call him out, and also we do we always do it like a secret. We don't say. Who the person who's going to be at on, on these concerts? It's always like a surprise, and the reason is that gives me a lot of room because then I could put on someone like Rabbi Barche, and you know people will come there and be like maybe they wouldn't come because like oh why Barche what what does he do? Who does he? a lot of people just don't know, and then they'll show up and they'll see it and they're like oh my gosh that's the most amazing thing ever, um, and he'll start just I have him like knock out his like top ten hits, and I always see everybody in the audience always like this oh he wrote that like it's always <laughs> like that you know um the the, the best one i think i that i did not necessarily the, I, I still among the best moments has begun but i did um uh yishele pidot now people look at each when people hear the name yishele pidot they think i've like, simchas exactly so when they announced the name yishele pidot i remember looking at the audience and and there were a lot of eyes rolling like i'm telling you like like, <laughs> they like okay you know and then he started He's like started off his you know, one by one the songs that he wrote that people don't know that he wrote. Like uh, he started doing Modani um, uh, from Avram Fried or Who Yigalei Son, Who Yigalei Son from Daddy. My favorite song of his is Pia Pascha. 
I think and, I sang that at my wedding. That was my that's my that's the best one. That, and that was Ohad's first foray. Yes, that's correct. And he actually started that medley with Pia Paspa. That's amazing. You know? and, actually, and and people were just like they couldn't believe he did Alekatan for Avram Fried. He did um, uh, Am Israel from Shreki. People just don't realize that the guy is an amazing composer. He happened to have done a similar which is also great, you know. Right. But I brought him out like that, and, and and I had him and Mordechai Shapiro do the and the energy between That's the a, that is so much energy <laughs> oh my gosh it was like people could not handle it it was just yeah. so much um but but the point was was like it, it was it that was the moment you know of the concert yes people look forward to the the big superstars that that are always on on every concert but like to have those moments is, i always try to find those moments of like you know of sort of like educating everybody like the the wow and shock factor of it at the same time, very, very, you know, entertaining, you know, and um, yeah, uh, I, I, Robert Baruch Chait, he, right now, is one of the biggest hits, is one of his songs, he wrote, uh, I did not know that he wrote that. Everybody's doing it now. Yeah. It's his song. I like when the old songs come back, because that, it's actually my last question, um, is there a, is there an Elie Gerstner song that you don't think got enough recognition the first time around that you think people should give a second listen to? Also, is there an illegal? Is there a song that a different composer has out there that you think people should give a second chance to? That that you thought when you composed, like this is going to be a great song. You have two thousand songs, about three hundred we know about. Um, you had this thought, like this is going to be a great song, and then it just didn't take off. What's that song? Well, interestingly enough, um, when I wrote Eidcha for Chavra Two, mm-hmm. not take off. The song on that album that took off, that was the slow, the slow song, Olacha was on that album, which obviously, you know, uh, did well. But the had slow a, had song, a nice music video. That was uh, that, right, that, right. <laughs> before, before music videos. Before music videos. That was before YouTube was a thing. Right. Um, and uh, the, the slow song that we were that we were pushing and then was a song called Shalom Yisrael, which if you ask the typical person out there today, they have no idea what that is. Uh, we actually named the album Shalom Yisrael. Um, and that was like the hit. That's what we were doing at all the concerts. And, and, Aicha was something that was from my heart. I wrote it when my son was born. I'm like, what a shame that this song isn't really like taking off. It took, I don't know, 10 or 15 years. And then all of a sudden it's being played at every single chuppah. You know, like it just somehow got got, us, got a new life, you know, and I couldn't be more thankful. It's funny that the words are Aicha Hashem I'm taking that shame from my heart. It was, I'm so happy that, so yeah. So that was something that was like at the time, I was like, oh, you know, it's a nice song. It's a shame it's not getting its recognition. And now Baruch Hashem it is. So for all those composers out there and for all the singers that, you know, that, that put out songs, I'm always wondering, songs do, they, they, do, they, they get a second life sometimes, you know, and it's uh, pretty, pretty incredible. Um, I heard a rumor a long time ago when you put out the, the, the Chabra Acapella album, and that was all Karlbach songs, that your goal was to put out a bunch of acapella songs, uh, a bunch of acapella albums, that highlighted a different composer, which kind of goes into what you're doing now with, with the, the concert. And then Cole, uh, Cole Zimmer came out with their A.B. Rottenberg album, and that kind of could put a kibosh. Is that a true story? Uh, there's definitely some truth to it. When I put out the, the Kalbach album, um, I, 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 I did it again with, on, at, the, at the height of Hever's success. The height of cover um, success and the high, and the beginning stages of of what acapella in Jewish music turned out to be. Right, because there, there, there was right at the beginning of that. 
It, it, that's that's correct. And you know, it's funny that I, we put out Mimkaimcha, you know, Mimkaimcha. It was not, it was popular, of course, but it was not as like now it's like a when we put out all those songs, all those songs were not a the, the, the typical Kawach song that everybody knows, you know, and, and that's what we were doing. And I was, it, it bothered me that nobody knew the, that my that my fans, you know, the Hevra fans, that they didn't know it. In fact, um, I remember doing a, a concert. Um, I, don't, I don't remember where, I remember which state it was, but I'm, I'm walking in with the Hevra guys, you know, into the hall and we came a little late and uh, the, the crowd you know, came over, you know, screaming, you know, it was, it, Little, little girls, you know, screaming, you know, for the cover guys, you know, and um, they didn't know who I was. I was like, you know, sort of like, you know, I'm just the, the producer, you know, I'm like on the side and they're screaming for the cover guys. Um, and then one of the cover guy, guys go, like, points to me and says, you know who that guy is? And uh, the girl there was like, no, was like, Ellie Gerstner, he's our, he's our writer. He writes our songs. He's like, oh, wow. Wow. That's amazing. Um, you know my favorite song? Simcha Secha. Which again, for those that don't know, that's uh, obviously Shlomo Kalbach and that was on my Chavra Kapel album. Um, but like your, your his favorite song that you wrote was the song that Shlomo Kalbach wrote. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, which, which, you know, if, at the time I was like, oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. It took total credit. But <laughs> what, what, I, what I loved about that was these kids would have never known that song, you know, and now they know it and they just look at it as a cover song, you know, and, <laughs> and, and, but now it's in their, it's it, it's in their head. And, and so, yeah, the plan was at the time to continue on with, with acapella and going on to different composers and stuff like that. And uh, I, you know, I don't remember the, I, I know, I, I mean, I don't remember the whole Kulzum or Avi Rottenberg thing. I know that more recently um, someone else put out an Avi Rottenberg album with songs. It could, it could have been the reason why we didn't do it. I, I, I just don't remember. But um, I really just got too busy with other stuff and acapella is really hard. Yeah. To, do, to do it correctly is really hard. One of the hardest albums I ever did was the YBC acapella album. It was like one of the hardest albums I ever did. You know, it was, just took so long. You want to make sure that there's excitement and there's creativity and you don't have music, you know, and it's just, and you don't, I could have gone the route of course of like, you know, the fake instruments and all that stuff. I. I didn't want to do that. I'm like, I want to try keeping it as acapella as possible. Right. I couldn't fake drums, beatboxing, that was about it. And um, and oh. uh, it was very hard. And that's really the reason why I just didn't do it anymore. Well, my favorite, my favorite thing that happened uh, a couple of years later was there is there is a there's an Israeli Hasidish acapella album out there of your songs. There's, yeah. <laughs> I, I I heard this. I I think I was walking in in uh, in. I think Gift World in Queens, which is where the the the, the Sparm store in Queens, and they were playing it. It was it was a Hasidic sound. It was during uh, must have been during Sphira, and they were playing it over. and And it was your song sung in a very 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 different style than your songs are written, and it was gorgeous. It was so nice. How did the, how did that one come out? Okay, so that actually is. Um, I was I was I was in a studio in Israel in Gal Kol in Ramakan, and I was recording an album. I don't remember which one. In the next room was this person named Dudi Kalish. Dudi Kalish is, um, he's like the leader. Of, I mean, now already he's not as, not doing it as much, but back then he was leading every Hasidish, Israeli Hasidish choir, like in all the albums, he was like the, and he put out a Hasidish acapella album called, Has, uh, I forgot what it's called, Hasidish kind maybe, uh, I don't know what it's called. But anyway, I, I actually heard the album 
I mean, it was just a big choir sound, beautiful acapella, all Hasidic songs. Um, and I loved it. I loved that. I looked forward to Sphira. <laughs> that's when I that's what I listened to. And he did an amazing job. Um, and he I met him in the in the, you know, there's like a middle room where like, you know, sort of like you know, everybody sits down and eats lunch or whatever it was. And I and uh, he says to me, like, you know, I know all your songs. Yeah, it broke very broken English, you know, my broken Hebrew, and we're trying to get it together. And he's like, I'm a fan of your songs. And I'm telling you now, I, I would love to be able to, to, to teach your songs in B'nai Brak. You know, they don't know it. And, and it's just about the way we sing it. I said, listen, are you kidding me? I mean, that's my biggest dream. I would love that my songs be able to be sung and be, you know, and connect Kla Yisrael in any which way, you know. So he goes, would you let me pick the songs that I like from your stuff? It might not be the songs that are hits you know but songs that i like and i'll put it out and whatever i said are you kidding my my pleasure uh, my greatest pleasure um and that's how it happened he he did it on his own um and uh it's 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 no nobody knows that album like i want everyone (laughs) to know that album and nobody knows that album It, it is so beautiful i'm i'm glad i'm glad to be one of those people that know that album um yeah. <laughs> i uh i wanted to give you a chance to tell people a little bit about where they could find your stuff these days um uh where they could see you or the some of the things that you're producing uh coming up so uh we uh have a website egproductions.net and there you could uh buy albums if you like um <laughs> physical <laughs> and, and digital um, or you can just go to any streaming site there, you know, where we're there, Spotify and Apple and all that stuff where we're now uploaded by all these things. A little, I was a little late in the game for that stuff, but eventually I caved. One of the few things that you were late to the game on. Yeah, I was late, you know, and that's where I really felt like my age because like, I was like, I, I just, I came from a time where like, we actually were able to make money putting out music, um, you know, and, um, and the idea of just giving it away for free and spending so much time, months and months and months of work and, and financial investment. Um, the idea of it was so foreign to me. And that's why also guys like Schwaki, Freed, everybody, or even the new guys, you know, like Shapiro, like no one's putting out albums as often as we used to, you know, right. it just doesn't happen. You can put out singles at this point and then yeah. upload it. Right. You don't need right. to do a whole album at this point. Right. And they're putting out albums, but it's every like few years. And like, it, it's, it's, it's such a shame, but at the same time, it's just, it just doesn't make any sense. Right. Um, for, you know, financially, you know, uh, just for those out there, like you can look it up. People don't realize Spotify pays 0.003 cents per play, which means that if you're a huge, huge, huge success and you have a million plays, it's $3,000. The cost to produce a song is well over five, six grand. So like, and, and a lot of the guys these days are putting out music videos also, which is going to another to $10,000, $20,000. So people don't realize. So, yeah. And then the question is why they're doing it. They're doing it because they have weddings. They do. They're still making money at weddings and student concerts. And they know that they, they have no choice. They have to do this. Right. But, um, but that's so it was just for me. It was so far in coming from a place of where I was actually making a pranasso, making a, a, a putting on music to a place of like where, you know, so it just took me some time. But eventually I caved. And now it's it's on all the streaming sites. All right, I promise you in the beginning, this is going to be my last question. Um, what is playing on Ellie Gershner's Spotify these days? So um, I know it's probably not the answer you want to hear, but... I, I asked a question hoping to hear an answer. Okay, <laughs> well, 
right now I'm really listening to whatever my kids are listening to, you know, because that's yeah, uh, all of us. <laughs> yeah. So it was uncle Maishi at some point and now it's, you know, um, whatever is new, they, 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 they ask me to get them everything. They're not on Spotify or Apple music. They're not like, you know, connected to, you know, internet and that stuff, but you know, my teenagers, but they, um, so I still have to buy it. And um, anybody that's sending it to me, they're sending it to me, but of course I have that, but some people I'm still buying and, I'm putting it on their MP3 players and they're and they're listening to everything. So, so I guess that's really I'm listening to whatever the new stuff is right now. The new Shapiro album, the new Liner album, so so many amazing the new Journeys, so many beautiful albums came out. Um, and my kids jump on it. You know anything that's new. You know, I, so. I, I've got I've, every car ride for me with my kids. They're much younger than yours. Every every car ride is a switching block between the Mordechai, the newest Mordechai Shapiro and uh, the Encanto soundtrack. <laughs> basically what i had right all day right. coming out of my ears right 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 so i'm happy that they moved on from uncle maishi because that was yeah that was tough it was a, i love uncle maishi don't get me wrong but listening to the same songs over i hear you i'm my goal is to reintroduce the old marvelous mitos machines i love those things yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think that was the closest thing we ever got to like a jewish musical right i mean listen ab romberg there's no there's nobody like him you know amazing you yeah. know that he was able to do that and journeys and vacas and everything else that he did amazing yeah if, if, if there's somebody if there's somebody that i think about like when, when i'm like oh there's so this guy has so many songs it's like you and av and like there's, there's just so many like oh he did that and that and that and that and that and that could describe either one of you well <laughs> i to be on, even on the same i i don't i'm, I'm not as like by his, by his, i'm by his toes you know his <laughs> His, 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 he's just incredible. Like really, really just incredible. And I'm so, so happy. I speak to him, you know, pretty often. And whenever I speak to him, I, I always tell him that. Like, I'm just so happy that he's putting out music. Still. But I'm glad the Jewish music space has room for you and for him. It's your, your, your styles are vastly different and there is room for all that. And, and, and much more as we discussed earlier. But um, yeah. Ellie, I want to thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. I'm glad we were able to do this. And yeah. I want to wish you so much more. And then maybe one day, I'll go to a Hass concert and there'll be an Ellie Gerstner uh, tribute there. <laughs> That's the real reason why I'm not producing it anymore. I'm like, oh, maybe get, now, you got, now you got to do mine. Maybe somebody will just produce it and honor me for a change. I'm, I'm know? still <laughs> waiting for a uh, for a mashup of Yeshiva Boys in Miami. I want I want that to happen. I want to get a kids choir to do like five songs in a row. Yeah, like a like a choir off. Like a choir off. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one day, one day, session. definitely. All right. Thank you so much. Okay, my pleasure. Thank you. My thanks to Ellie Gusner for joining me this week. If you're interested in learning more about what makes a song Jewish, check out episode 75, What is Jewish Music with Binyamin Ginsberg. Until next time, Kolder. The Jewish Living Podcast is produced by Srelly Pikus. Our theme song is The Band by A.B. Rottenberg. Follow us on Facebook at The Jewish Living Podcast and on Twitter and Instagram at Jewish underscore living. You can also email the show at jewishlivingpodcast at gmail.com. The Jewish Living Podcast is recorded in conjunction with the Queen's Jewish Link. All right, so there's going to be a bonus question. We're going to play this at the end of the, uh, at the, end of the episode after the credits roll. But I have to ask you about A minor FCG. I don't think anybody's more self-aware than you are about this that because you put it on on one of on the Hebra three i believe you had it where you just played all uh, all three of the major hits from the Hebra at the end so how many songs do you actually have out of a minor fcg and 
is there a limit to how many you could, that, that we could hit? So um, what's funny is the first one that I ever wrote that was the first one I wrote was actually was a hit was hey that was right. the first A minor FC you know AFCG um, and I and and what's interesting about that is is that I didn't write the song to those chords I wrote the song and then putting chords later on you know figuring out which chords work better and it happens to be those chords came I didn't know it was a thing like I didn't know that was like a progression that people use and you know in the non-Jewish world whatever it was. But I'm like, whoa, this really sounds great. The way that goes the minor to the major, da, 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 da. like I really <laughs> loved it. Um, and then after it was success, successful, um, the the right away the next one was Lacha. Like I was just, but the songs, if you look at Yehei and Lacha, it is completely different melodically, range, the way the the riff, the way the 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 things are, and you know people are like a lot of times people are like, oh, you're so lazy, you do the same chords. I'm like, it's actually so much harder. <laughs> to try to come up with a new twist to those chords um and I just i wanted to have like a sound um i just for like a certain sonic sound that would sort of like you know you listen to it oh that's that's an allegorical tune or that's whatever and and i that's why i started I, that's why i did that because there's I mean, other yeah. songs in jewish music that are out there there's a, obviously in the secular world i think there's a i, I forget there's a comedian uh rob rob Pravorian. he goes on a thing about uh pachelbel's canon in d and right. he just plays Bacchabal's Canon D, just plays all these songs over it, and it's the same chord progression. Right. Uh, Eircha. Eircha is, Eircha is, is the, yeah, yeah, the progression of Bacchabal's uh, Canon. And if you, if you, oh, oh, that's so interesting. Now I got to re, redo that in my mind. Can't yeah. do it right now while we're recording, but right. it's, that's phenomenal. I love it. Um, and I, I just always, if I, I, I can't believe I forgot to do this during the, the, the main interview, but I always I thought to myself, if I ever have Ellie Gerson on, I have to ask him about this chord progression, and right. I'm glad I was able to. Thank so, you so I'll much. tell you, there, there's, there's at least a, at least a hundred songs that have the AFCG thing that I would never release because it just sound like another one. <laughs> yeah, but, the, um, but yeah. Uh, the other one that I like, it's not yours, but Gadol from Shalshalis. That's also in that same progression. As a matter of fact, a friend of mine and I, uh, I shouldn't say it, I, I, I'm not taking credit for it. A friend of mine put together a list of he has like fifty to sixty Jewish songs that all do this. He's like, one day. We're just going to do a, a recording of all of these songs together, and it's going to be awesome. But until then, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep keep coming out with them so we can add them to the list. It's a great progression. I'm not getting old. I'm not, I'm not stopping it's it not so a, fast. It's not bad. It, it, if it works, why 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 break it? Exactly, exactly, exactly. All right. Thanks a lot. All right, my pleasure.